Hey, man. Say, man. This your boy, Izzy. You boy, K-Shep, Killer Cam. And we are back with another episode of Midnight Hype. Uh, One of them days where you don't want to do an episode, but you understand that it's needed. You understand that there are some things that we... Gotta let it out. So that's what we're gonna do. Uh I know me personally. I'm gonna have a lot of anger on this pod today. So y'all excuse it if y'all hear it in my voice. Um, but with all that being said, how you doing, Cam? That's a difficult question for me to answer, man. Um just like you, a lot of anger, a lot of raw emotion. Um I'm frustrated. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm saddened. Um, but like you said, uh, you know that I apologize in advance if if you know this hurts anybody's feelings. Um, but this will be a powerful episode, and um, you know that's actually why I didn't do the intro. You know, normally you know I come in with my what to do, baby with uh you know enthusiasm uh and 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 you know just well spirits but but I can't do it today um nonetheless the show must go on yep um and we will have a good show we actually have a couple guests today um one of them has already been on the pod he's uh he's going to join in uh any moment now but um another one is is new to the pod um uh, he's a former classmate, schoolmate of mine. Uh, met him through UTSA uh, back in San Antonio at the University of Texas at San Antonio. Uh, phenomenal athlete on the uh, football field and on the basketball court. Um, a lot of IQ. Watches uh, w- real knowledgeable when it comes to sports. Has his own uh, podcast as well. Um, and I'm gonna give him uh, a moment to uh, to talk about that. So, uh, without further ado, my next guest is Ruben Jimenez. How you doing, Ruben? I'm doing good, fellas. Can y'all hear me pretty well? Yes, sir. Yeah, we can hear you straight. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Uh, like Cam said, I appreciate y'all for, first for having me on. Uh, I do have my own podcast, Rube's Rants. You can find it Apple, Spotify, Anchor. Um, much like y'all, man, I am – I and I first thing – that I want to touch on Cam, I, I feel like you don't have no reason to apologize. Uh, you don't have no reason to apologize. Neither of y'all have no reason to apologize, um, nor nor should this offend anybody. This is a conversation that, that and for those of y'all that don't know me, uh, you can follow me on social medias at Jimenez15MOG. You'll see that I am a, uh, I'm Hispanic, but very light complected, uh, much basically a white boy. Um, but this is a conversation that, it, unfortunately, we had this at the beginning of quarantine. Uh, this is the same conversation that I've talked about on my podcast um, and, and many other podcasts that I've listened to. It, it's, it, this shouldn't offend you. It, it, it's, it's, it's to the point now where I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where, man, like as a, as a white boy, and I'm going to keep calling myself that because, I mean, that's what the, that's what, in this case, that's what a cop will see when he pulls me over. 
or gets involved with me. He's going to see a white boy. He may get my ID and then realize, okay, I'm not a white boy, whatever the case may be, but I am a white boy right now. And uh, it's to the point to where, you know, the, the protesting and all this stuff, it was, it was, it apparently wasn't effective. It did what it did. Um, but now we're at a point where the only way we can get through this is if the black community gets help or plans and actions from people like me, the white boy. Um, and I, it, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks, months for me, myself, just because, I mean, Cam knows, <laughs> Cam's seen it, the 95%, I tweeted about this, 95% of the people I hang around that I call my brothers, my family, like, I mean, they are a part of the African-American community. And I, I don't, it's, it, maybe it's the sports because I grew up playing nothing but basketball really and, and connected with, I don't know what it was, but I, I, I mean, that's majority of my friend group and for them to feel, for y'all to feel like, Y'all have to apologize because you're talking about just wanting to be treated equal, not even the sense of not even the sense of wanting to, you know, not even the sense of wanting to be treated any different or or like y'all are gods or something like that. You just want to be treated equal. And so sorry, I went on a tangent already, but man, I just it's I'm much like y'all, man. I'm frustrated. It's frustrating. Yeah, no, man. Um, no, for real. And you know, I'm gonna just go ahead and dive into it. And like I said, we're waiting on David to join in, David Bates. Um, my former co-worker at H-E-B. But, um, you know, with this whole uh, NBA restart, um, we we lost a little bit of momentum um, in the fight for Black Lives Matter. And I guess that's a good, uh, a good topic to start on. Because quite honestly, I'm so sick of this all lives matter bullshit. Um, you know, all lives matter thing is, is not necessarily a, a a mockery of Black Lives Matter, so to speak, but it's to me the all lives matter. Yeah, all lives do matter. That's 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 common sense. All lives matter, but at the end of the day you know, black lives are the ones that's hurting right now. We, we, we say black lives matter because, because we're the ones that's, that's being, you know, treated differently in the workforce, looked at differently by society. Um, we're the threat, uh, a threat that's, that's not there. Um, and it's like, how, why are you, why are you so afraid of us? Um, and I'm, I'm just really getting tired of, 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 of the killings, um, the shooting and, and E, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to go ahead and, uh, speak what's on your mind. Um, you said you feel like we lost momentum. Yeah. Because of the bubble. I disagree. Because I think a lot of players, they made it a purpose to speak on a lot of these issues when they were in the book. Right. Well, let me let me correct myself real quick. Um, not necessarily lost momentum, but at, in the moment, um, it, it, it just seems like it was a distraction because what transpired today, and we'll get a little bit more into that later on, that was, you wouldn't have been able to do that without a platform. 
Like that that raised eyebrows. People should be well, people not I'm sorry, people shouldn't be, but people people are, are pissed off about that. White people to be I'm sorry. Yeah, about the boycott. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, I think a lot of players salute to them. They they made it a purpose to address these issues repeatedly in interviews. Uh, a lot of guys this past week um, didn't take any basketball questions. They just right, just right happened. And I'm at the point to where honestly, I I've been at this point. It's just to the point to where it's really just numbing. It's frustrating because I see that everybody wants change so bad. I see everyone's trying to push it. Everyone's trying to do everything they can to make a change happen. And unfortunately, in my mind, I I I personally, I when we when we discussed this a couple like episode three or four, I had asked you an EP, and I think I had actually Chica when he when he was on what this change look like. And none of us had an answer. And I think we're still at that point weeks later. We still don't know what change looks like. And I don't think there's an answer to it anymore. Because we we started here, we started with the boycott with the protest. We did all of that before. So now we're back at that point. So I just feel like we're gonna go in the ending, ever ending circle of the same shit. And it's not our fault. We're trying to do what we can. But at the same time, it's like there's going to be evil people in this world. I don't see how we can weed those people up. Right. And I, I hate to say that, and I, I just, but I just don't see it because it, it keeps happening. Like right. the situations keep getting worse. And it's like, okay, we can work out. We can sit out. I'm, I, am, I am for that. That's cool. If, that, if y'all feel like that's what y'all have to do right now, that is cool. No, but my they, answer is, what's the next step? We right. got to get to that next step. We've we've been at the boycott step. We got to get to the next step, and no one knows what the next step is. I've watched a stupid number of interviews say people keep saying, "Well, we've got to get what's next. We don't know what's next. We don't know what's next. We have to figure that out because that's the most important part. The boycotting and that that that's fine. That that will get the message done. Short term, we need a long term answer for a fight that we've been fighting for four hundred years. We, we can't keep going in the same circle, the same boycott circle, the same, we, we need to get this person out, we need to get, no, 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 no. We, we need to find a solution, and we need to find it fast. So, so can I ask you this? Do you feel like what transpired today with the Milwaukee Bucks and the, uh, and the Orlando Magic, do you feel like that was effective at all? Or do you, do you feel like, I mean, essentially... Effective in what way? Will it stop uh, a racist cop from killing someone next time he sees someone? Like, next time he feels a certain type of way when he stops someone? No. no. But I, I, I mean, me personally, I don't think any of the boycotting is actually going to get a message across. Like, because, like I said, evil people are going to be evil. Just because y'all don't want to play basketball, that's not going to stop them. If anything, that might make them more upset. Right. And, it, and, and people, people are outraged by this. People were, so let me. People let, are ignorant. It's the, people are it's, ignorant. The, it's the ignorant people that we, that, that we have, we're having this issue with. Right. And you're going to remain ignorant. And I want to, I want to just, um. Briefly, let me let me uh, get David in here for a second. David, uh, we appreciate you joining us, joining in on us, and um, thank you for your time. We already, uh, you know, we already introduced you um, as a previous member of the show. Uh, let me. Uh, we we haven't really gone too far. We're really just opening up on um, on on the social injustices 
that are going on in the world right now. But um, before I get you to uh, speak your thoughts, I want to kind of share with something, um, with share share with you guys something that that happened to me today. So um, as it's widely publicized at this point, um, you know, by those close to me, um, I play daily fantasy sports. Um, and also to those, you know, who listen to the pod, I play daily fantasy sports on a regular basis. And there was speculation early this morning that the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors were planning on boycotting for tomorrow's game, uh, Thursday's game. And that would have been game one of round two of the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals. So I'm in uh, a Discord channel. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's, it's basically just a messenger, um, a messenger app, messenger site with a bunch of people who have, you know, all, all have one interest or similar interest. Um, and you talk about it all day. So if you're, you know, if you like to play Call of Duty uh, all day, every day, there's a channel for you to go in and talk with a bunch of guys about Call of Duty all day. If you like to play NBA uh, fantasy hoops, you can talk NBA fantasy hoops all day. Um, but basically, that Discord channel is is uh, owned by a a website, or uh, is yeah, is owned by a website that that provides daily fantasy sports content um, with touts, guys who give out advice, information, um, plays, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was sharing uh, that tweet from Mark Stein about you know the Bucks and the the Raptors having that conversation. So I put it in the Discord. And I'm going to read word for word exactly what happened. If you give me one moment to pull it up. Uh, the tweet said, Raptors, this was by Mark J. Spears. I'm sorry, Mark, Mark Spears, not Mark, not Mark Stein. Raptors head coach Nick Nurse says that he has heard a couple of players talk about going home. So not postponing the game, like I said, but going home. Scrapping the game playoff series potential finals, legacy, money, all of that. We're talking about going home. One of the administrators of the channel glossed over it and didn't say much. And then somebody after that comes in and specifically mentions me. Now, mind you, I post stuff like that all the time. Information about guys being out, who's questionable, et cetera, et cetera, in that channel. Other people do it on a regular basis too because you typically get you know, the notification from a beat writer or from a source uh, that you trust and everybody, you know, reacts to the news because you have to in daily fantasy sports. This guy uh, by the name of John, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, Alisa, A-L-O-U-I-S-A, whatever, says pretty pathetic if that happens at K-Shep underscore killer camp. League is becoming such a disgrace. It threw me off for such a loop. Um... And I, I went on to say, wait, how? Because I was, I was genuinely confused. I did not understand his question, and I needed a response. He wasn't responding fast enough for me, so I added him back. And I said, John, how is it pathetic if players decide to go home in response to social issues rather than playing basketball, a game? What's, what's disgraceful about that? Or am I missing something? I told him I needed an answer. And the admit that same administrator that glossed over what I said came in and said, let's try not to go too far down the political side of tomorrow's game. Someone else said uh, something else. Uh, and then that same administrator came in and said, keep it focused on DFS implications for now. 
That pissed me off. And I said, he mentioned me. He can DM me. I'll be waiting on a response. That was that. He finally responded to me. And uh, the John guy came out and said, I'm not talking. uh, I'm not getting into politics on here. I simply said, oh, okay, and added John. And that was that. Didn't say anything uh, about it afterwards. Because I knew where I knew where he was going. I knew where he was going with this shit. I knew where he was going. And I ain't gonna, you know, speculate. But I think we all know where he was going. Okay. <clears throat> so, you know, somebody else, man. David, go ahead, man. Uh, well, first of all, good evening. Good evening to you all. I appreciate y'all having me back. Um, my sentiments are the same or align with ease. Uh, but on, on the first part, I do think that the NBA starting and them uh, still having a voice, especially like with the names, with the jerseys, as well as the, the WNBA, I think that kind of helped the momentum of the BLM movement. Because I also felt like before the NBA started that we were losing, uh, we were losing some ground as far as the height of what was going on and the height of the movement and the outrage of the movement. But I can't right. necessarily say that we're always losing because it seems like every other day it gets or it reaches a new height because we're more frustrated and outraged by the same ridiculous actions of of the police against our people. And like I spoke with you before, Cam, I I watched the video. I didn't get through the whole thing. Like he said, it's becoming like a numb type situation. And that's that's where it gets dangerous for a lot of people where you become numb to these type of situations because these are traumatic situations that we are watching that we're able to see over and over and over and over and over, not realizing that it it up over time and it sits on our hearts and our minds and our turns you into a different type of animal or beast. So therefore, uh, just that type of thing, it, it's, it's just hard. It's just hard being black in America. And if you're not black, and I you I don't expect you to understand, but if you're human, I expect you to understand. Exactly. But they don't but they don't see us as human, so you know, uh I forgot who said it. Like we have to fight for just to be considered a whole person at first. We're like what, two thirds, eight thirds, whatever the number was, human. So it is. I don't. I don't know. Let me see. I think the only solution. The only solution, to us affecting or starting or coming about any change. Is once, uh, black and brown communities figure out a way. 
to come together and affect the money. Because once we start affecting money, I, in my heart and, I, and through my studies in life, X, Y, Z, I believe that big business runs this world. And so once you start affecting money, it's only when you start to see real change. Oh, no, definitely. So, definitely. I would, minute, I, would just, I would say this money. I mean, we all know money, money, money talks. Money always talks. Money is the root to a lot of things. And once we can effectively come together and say, listen, we're not going to put our money here. We're not going to put our money there as consumers. See, the, the way business has worked uh, against minorities or they keep us at the bottom as consumers to keep the money going. But you can't keep money going without people buying. So we got to think about certain things like that. But once we start affecting the money somehow, I believe we'll start seeing change. That's the only way. Otherwise, it's like people, the evil, the hate is too strong. It's extremely strong. And without us coming together as people with love and affecting the money, I don't think it's going to happen. Anything's going to happen. It's not going to change anything. And I do applaud the NBA players for taking a stand. But unfortunately, I don't feel like that part, their part, them not doing their job, I don't think that's going to change anything at this point in blank time. I don't. But we shall see. We we shall see. They are hurting the money. Not having the playoffs. That that's a lot of money missing. But we shall see. I don't know if that's the answer, but I'm willing to try anything at this point. Because clearly no one has an answer. Oh, absolutely. Uh I think for the for the sake of man, I'm it was it was a little earlier, somebody said something. Um kind of about and you kind of touched on a little bit about this like the whole them boycotting it's not it may may or may not change nothing um i think and kind of what i think this maybe this is what cam meant by whenever he said it took a little bit of the momentum away is like you were saying money i mean we all we all can agree we all said facts as soon as you said it money controls everything about this country i mean they gave away one stimulus check and then all of a sudden it was like they just started I don't know where they just found more money to dump into these big businesses so they wouldn't go bankrupt. And we haven't, I mean, the people that need the money really aren't getting none of the money. So, I mean, like you, like you said, big, big business stays alive. I guess apparently America can stay alive type deal. But I think what Cam meant on the momentum is seeing these people who do have the money that like, I mean, Russell Westbrook being out there in the protests, you know, the, the, these celebrities, these entertainers. And I think that's what we got to remember. These guys don't owe us anything. Nothing at These all. These sports players, they're entertainers. It, it, it's we've, and I think for me, and and this is uh, this is a conversation I've always had with some people around me is I don't let celebrities or entertainers or anything dictate dictate yeah, any cool. type of yeah. feeling in my life because realistically, like they're inter- like yeah, I mean yeah, I can wish I was six four. Russell Westbrook my favorite player, so I wish I could was six four, super athletic, and I could play in the NBA. I can probably shoot better than him, but hey, it is what it is. Um, but I don't let his what he do what he does on the court or his how he plays in a playoff game, like I don't let that affect me or anything. Cause it's like realistically, you know, he's just an entertainer. Like if I let that guy control, you know, you know, what he does on the court or while he's at his job, like if I let him dictate that, then you know, I would live a pretty crappy life right now because he hasn't really performed up to that. But 
being able to see him out in the community and him trying to work on putting together a documentary about the uh, the Tulsa, Oklahoma deal from back then. Like that's like, you know, that's stuff where it's like, okay, I can, I can do that. You know, I can watch that. I can, I can be a part of that. I can talk about that same way. Cause I can't, I mean, we talk sports, but we can't really relate to these guys. None of us are walking around six, four with a seven, five wingspan can jump and touch the top of the back. Well, we can't. We like to think we can. We like to, and and I mean, Cam's gotten into that, and I've gotten into sports betting quite a bit. And I would like to think that I can understand trends and how guys are going to come out and play. But hey, there's anomalies, there's outliers, things like that happen, right? So I can't really, I can't, I, I don't really know what's going on in that person's head, if that makes sense. And so I think that momentum that we lost was because these guys went back to being entertainers, uh, and in. And, and I think that that we lost them as is as normal allies, because, I mean, let's be realistic. We look at celebrities. I mean, look at the Jada and Will thing like we brushed that on the table within a week because we're like, oh, celebrities are just weird. They have their own type of relationships, da, 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 da. Or at least maybe that's how I, I seen it. And so I think that's maybe that's what Cam meant or a little bit. But that's how I feel about the situation is, is I think this boycott. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, just just boycotting the game isn't going to do much. But I think this allows these guys who do have the funds, who do have control over big business money, considering, you know, if they don't play, like you were saying, there's no money going to be made by the NBA. So these guys that have this these funds, now they can go back into these communities and actually affect those changes. And so I, maybe I rambled on too much and lost my point, but I think the thing is we got we to gotta realize we cannot – we can't be asking we, – we shouldn't be asking more from our pro athletes, our entertainers, than we are of our politicians and, and people who, who actually are in the lawmaking process. And much like you said, man, and, and it's not – and I was touching on it before you got on here, David. Uh, much like you said about just the black community, I think it's, it's got to be everybody. Like, like, I don't, like you said, you don't, I'm a white boy. I don't know if you know who I am, but I, I'm a white boy. I told, my, told everybody at the beginning I was going to be considered the white boy of the podcast, but like I was telling them, it's not just a, it's not just a black issue anymore. Like it's people who have a heart. It, it's people who, who grew up around people like who, who live with, live with. I mean, I have an adopted brother who's African-American. Like I feared he's a goofball. He means no harm in the world. He's a goofball though. And, and his goofiness may be taken wrong one day. And uh, he walks by a white cop who's just in a pissed off mood. And now I, you know, it's, it, I don't, like I said, I'll never understand what it truly feels like to be looked at that way, but I can understand. And I can, I can, I can be sympathetic knowing that man, like I fear for my little, for my adopted brother, knowing that he, man, he may just goof off one day and in the wrong place at the wrong time. And his goofiness is mistaken as a threat for no reason other than the color of his skin. And so yeah, I kind of tangent on a little, get a little bit again, it's just, man, like you were saying, it, it, I think it's going to be more of just, we have to come together as an entire collective community, not just one community or the other, just as humans who want to see humans be helped and be better. Like we all have to come together and it, it's, it's the minimum of what we can do, but it's the start of something that could be even greater. Right. And so, I mean, that right there, that's a whole lot to dissect, but I mean, so that's my bad. <laughs> no, no, I'm from, no, nah, that was, that was a good uh, point. Good point. No, they all, talk. A lot of good points were, were said there, but just to further kind of clarify what I meant by when we lost momentum, because I mean it's kind of hard to 
you know, produce the show and make sure everybody gets their points in and, and you know, come up with my own thoughts on the fly. But um, what I what I meant to say, both of y'all kind of touched up on it, David, you more so um, specifically um, in regards to, you know, what I meant by that is we, we have people marching the streets every single day for about 10, 14 days when George Floyd died. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was it wasn't just in major cities. It was all around the world. Everywhere. People were in the streets marching and protesting, raising fists up. You know, it, it didn't matter what the color of their skin was. Um, and it was like it was it was it was publicized everywhere on CNN, Fox News, all the media news outlets everywhere. You, 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 you turn on the news channel and you see somebody in the streets protesting. You get on social media and you see somebody in the streets protesting. You see somebody with, with, their, with their mask on, with their signs up, Black Lives Matter, you know, say her name, say his name, I can't breathe, all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we go on, you know, some days, a couple weeks, and we get back to normalcy. And that's the problem. And to yeah. touch on your point a little bit more, Ruben, yeah, it's celebrities, they, they live a different lifestyle than us. But at the end of the day, it's like you said, we're all human. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what our status in society or, or, you know, is. At the end of the day, we all have one life to live. Thanks. Good, Thanks. bad, or in the middle. And um, for me... You know, and it's funny you say, you know, you say this about human because in that same chat I was telling y'all about, you know, as the day goes on, I'm in that chat for for fantasy purposes. And we kind of didn't even we, we're kind of all over the place. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm going to continue to incorporate more and more as this podcast goes on. We're already 30 minutes in. Um after it was all said and done and all the games were postponed and we'll get to the reason why the games were postponed for those who don't know, uh, soon. Um, you know, I, I went in the chat and, you know, Shams is tweeting, Woj is tweeting, uh, Chris Hayes is, Haynes is tweeting. Um, you know, the games are canceled. I felt some type of way about, you know, what was said to me earlier in the day and at the time of the, the postponement of the games due to, you know, boycotting. So I went back and, and um, you know, once the, the Blazers game and, and the Lakers game was official, I went into that same chat and said, um, you know, just tried to kind of be a smart ass and was like, um, since there are no games today, can we get political? And I didn't necessarily mean political, but I Politics. meant, you know, can we have this conversation now? Yeah. And one of my buddies, I'm not sure if he took it the wrong way. One of my buddies in the chat, um, by the name of uh, Kawizenberg in the chat, big big Kawhi Leonard fan, um, Zach. I don't know if he took it the wrong way or not. And if he, you know, if he was if he was coming to me, you know, the wrong way, I, I don't. It was just a misunderstanding. But he said it's not political; it's a human thing. And that's what I, even though I said political. And I probably should have quoted it because I was quoting somebody else. Yeah. But, um, you know, even though I said political, I wasn't necessarily trying to talk politics. You know, that's a social injustice issue. Yeah, that comes up in politics, but that's that has nothing to do with politics. 
That's human rights. So, um, and E, I'm going to pass you the mic in a second because I know you haven't had much time to talk. But um, it's, it's just like, you know, I feel like that with this postponement of all the games today and potentially the games being postponed uh, tomorrow as well, this is history. We are living in history. I mean, 2020 has been a hell of a year, but this is one for the history. But we ain't never seen nothing like this where NBA teams decided that they weren't going to go play basketball. Not in just any type of game, period, but a playoff game at that. In the middle of the playoffs. In the middle of the playoffs. When the Milwaukee the Milwaukee Bucks set off a domino effect because they didn't have this discussion with any other team. Did you see it? Forget it. it yeah, it, it, it was it was deeper to them because it was in the state of Wisconsin. But for the fact for them to not go and talk to anybody in the league about this and to do this in secrecy, really I don't even think it was a secrecy thing because um so it was just a spur of the moment. It was a spur of the moment. So here was the thing. So George Hill, who is a backup point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks, decided he wasn't going to play. And he had said in an interview, uh, I believe the last game, that they had um, that they had gotten away from the issue completely at hand. But we're here, so we're you know, um, you know, it, it, I believe it was a post game interview. You know, we had gotten away from the issue at hand, but we're here, so we're going to finish this thing out. But, you know, this social injustice thing, uh, topic of conversation doesn't need to go away, blase, blase. He was the first person to sit out, and his team basically just had his back and was like, okay, well, if you ain't going to sit out, I mean, if you ain't going to play, we ain't going to play. And that's just going to be that. And they were willing to give the game to the Orlando Magic, and they were up 3-1, so that would have made the series Mm -hmm. 3-2. And the Orlando Magic beat the Milwaukee Bucks first game, so that, you know, would have gave them momentum. Fortunately, Orlando Magic didn't want to go out like that or, or get a win like that, so they didn't accept the forfeit, and that just started the domino effect. But, E, I passed the mic to you on your thoughts because you haven't had much time to speak. Um, Ruben addressed, like, athletes just being athletes. Right. That is true. But we all know there are a lot of people in this world who do not treat athletes and entertainers like regular people. Okay. What they say for a lot of people is gold. What they say is law, right? It's not for everybody, but it their words do affect a lot of people. Especially I mean, we're superstars, right? Mo, I, well, me and you, we're we're Kobe Bryant fans, right? Kobe was a superhero to us, and there's one individual group that if they speak, you shut up and listen. You'll listen, and that group would be the white people in power. It's like David was talking about the money. A lot of people with money are white. It's a lot of high power. I mean, that's people. automatic. I, I, we need them to speak. If they, if 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 those type of people speak out, say something. Yeah, LeBron asks for the owners to speak. People will will, will listen. Right, I'm Mark just... Zuckerberg, like people like that. You, if those type of people speak out, people will start to listen. Right, not everybody, but that message alone from them. Will go. Will actually have a big impact. I the, feel like the owners. Dallas Cowboys were getting on Jerry Jones. He mm-hmm. speak at all, but he wants to. It, yeah, man. It, <laughs> it's just crazy. Deep. Like it's just. We need that's those deep. type of people to speak. Like we that's... need that, because those those voices are, are powerful, and 
because we've, I mean, we've been speaking for forever and we, we haven't been heard. So something different's got to go. Something different's got to change. Um, yeah, some got to some got to shake because this is this is getting this, this this shit is really aggravating. So like I really had so much more on my mind, but I'm really yeah. hearing all y'all talk. It's really kind of got me discombobulated. I'm not gonna lie, and I, I apologize for that. But it's just it's just frustrating, bro. So I I mean I think at the end of the day, <laughs> I mean. So people have talked about defunding, um, you know, uh, police forces, taking away unions and, you know, what type of change can we have? Because nobody can come up with the answer. I mean, essentially, laws have to be put in place. But defunding the police. That... I mean, so if I you if, that's not going to do anything but make them more upset. I said if we don't defund them, it should be some type of consequence. Right. Monetary no, value. In court, why not incorporate a law? You gotta, you definitely have to break the union. Their union goes way too far. Stating that, um, you know, if you mis, uh, if you mistreat or or, or abuse your power as a a, a, a law enforcement officer, who is who is sworn in to protect the people, you know, there will be severe consequences, such as you know, uh, years of jail time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, why? why well, a lot of their rulings have to change as well. What they consider aggressive, what they consider a threat, you know what I'm saying? Because first off, for this recent shooting, the first thing they're gonna say is they didn't know what he was reaching in the car for. Period. No, that, and, and so, so, so David, I gotta interrupt you there because if we're gonna segue into that, we gotta inform the people on on what even happened. And okay. you're more familiarized with the situation than me, um, so you can fill in what I what I leave out. Um, but basically, and you kind of helped me understand this a little bit better. Um, there was a black man in Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and he was trying to help de-escalate uh, a domestic dispute that was going on. Police were involved, and uh, there were two officers. Um, one of them is the one that shot the rounds. Um, but, you know, they came out and said that this, this black man who was trying to, um, as I said, de-escalate this domestic dispute or whatnot, um, he reached for his car with his three children in the car. With, uh, in the car. They said he had a knife on him. And he told, I believe, investigators that he had a knife on him. He reached in to open the door and one of the two officers shot him in the back seven times. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Django. Uh, but in the movie Django, there's a specific scene towards the end of the movie where Django is in the house at Candyland trying to take his wife back. And he didn't bust it up and rustled up and killed every motherfucker in there except for Steven, who is the uh, the house nigger, essentially. And Steven goes, I count six shots, nigga. Django uh, responds and replies, I count two guns, nigga. So if that don't put into perspective of seven 
bullet shots fired in the back of a man's back. And he ain't dead. This man is in the hospital, conscious. But I almost guarantee, without the grace of God or a miracle, that man ain't gonna never walk again. He ain't gonna never. I don't know if he. I don't know if the young man has. I don't, he was twenty nine years old. E, that could have been you, David. That could have been you. I just turned twenty six Sundays. That could have been me. Like, I had to think about that for a second because I can't leave that out. The man was 29 years old. He had three kids. I don't know if he had daughters, but he ain't going to never be able to walk. He ain't going to never be able to walk him across the aisle. If he did. He's never going to be able to stand up and take prom pictures with his kids. If that don't put it into perspective for you, white people, <laughs> I don't know what will. And white people have been showing they true colors. And that is what sparked uh, this whole postponement of games today. Not only in the NBA, but the WNBA followed as well. The WNBA was supposed to have, I believe, three or four games played today. All of them hoes got – all. Of, excuse me. All of them games got uh, – postponed MLB had a, uh, a a few games about five games I think oh I'm not sure how many games uh got postponed but the Milwaukee Brewers were uh, slated to play today that game was postponed Milwaukee Wisconsin uh the young lady that, that defeated Serena Williams um I cannot what was her name? Isn't, isn't her name like Naomi? Os- Naomi Osaka, I, uh, like I believe. That, yeah. She uh, she was supposed to play in the semifinal game today. She uh, she backed out. MLS they they had five uh, five games canceled as well. So you see, like he said, we need a lot more non-blacks involved and committed. Higher up too. Essential higher up. Essential higher up non-blacks to speak out. Because we could be at this all day, all year until it changes. Go ahead. The the one positive I I try to look at is is hoping. Because I mean, I've, I've, I mean, as as much dumb crap of, as I've seen on Twitter and whatnot, and I'm pretty active on social media, the one positive I will I always try to look at is that, and and this is and even here, let me ahead of time, this is not me saying it's still okay or anything, but the one positive I try to look at and 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 man, I hope this doesn't come off bad is that we're almost to the point where those old fucks are out the way. The ones that grew up in those times, I I truly believe we're almost there to where the next generation, I mean, it's, we just got to hope that the next generation is who they say they are. I have Um, have to, I have to disagree, Rube. You don't think those, those those same old fucks that have kids. Exactly. Those kids have kids. And they, and they, and and it's just, it's a chain. And you send down those same habits. 
because we've been going through this for 400 years, so they would have been up. I, know. I, I understand. I understand. But I, I get, I get where you, you're going with it. But it's the the it's, the it's, it, it's been it it's been worse in the past. I mean, we've had we've we've gone through lynchings, killings, hangings, KKK, and I I understand what you mean by that. Yeah, what he's alluding to is that we just need to start rotating the teaching the love instead of the hate. And, but it's that that hate has been deep rooted. It's deep. really deep rooted. It's, it's, it's second it's, nature to some people. I, I, I unfortunately agree. But, there. I, but we, yeah, we we understand definitely. Yeah. We definitely get it. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's just crazy how how to me how this whole thing uh, has impacted everybody. I mean, so everybody with a heart. Everybody with yeah. a heart, exactly. Well, and, and so no, because here's the thing, E. We're the bad guys at the end of the day. They look at us as the problem. So let me get let me take it a little bit further and educate some more. So there were there were pro, uh, riots and protests in Wisconsin in the streets of Wisconsin. Ah. Um, and president, your president, decided to send out troops and approved all these uh, national guardsmen. And everybody, law enforcement, federal law, all that to go down there and make sure that these bad, bad hoodlums, thugs, and and hood rats just weren't fucking shit up um, down in Wisconsin like they were in Minneapolis, Minnesota with George Floyd. Now nah, we don't need that again, so we're gonna we gonna we gonna fix this shit um, before it gets bad. Well, while he was trying to stop those people. Some crazy ass white boy decided that he was gonna go around and fix the problem himself with the AR. And he shot and killed, I believe, two people and injured others because he thought he a 17-year-old, by the way, a 17-year-old Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian white boy, decided that he was gonna be the solution to these Negroes. And this Black Lives Matter bullshit, and these these terrible evil protests that are just going around with these with these with these with these people that just want so much compassion and and so, uh, empathy, and they want and they just want us to feel sorry for them. He went off and he decided he was gonna shoot people. But you know what was funny about it? There was some rioting out there. And, and what he? I'm I'm sorry, David. And then what he? He went right to the cops after he did it. Just and said, "Hey, it was me." With the AR on his chest, it was on his chest. Don't lie. But let a let a Negro had walked into the to the police office. It's twenty shots. Maybe more. The SWAT team would have been on his ass. He wouldn't have been able to recognize his body. Go ahead. David. Go ahead, David. Uh, I would just say this: that uh, we have thirteen minutes before this segment ends. Um, if if we do uh, cut out, I will send you guys the link again, and you just be sure to hop in. Go ahead, David. Nah, I was just gonna say it was funny. It was some rioting going on after uh, the shooting, but he went by the peaceful protester and set fire. He didn't go by the rioters. I just thought that was strange. Mm. But. <sighs> 
strange or coincidental? I use air quotes. I'm sorry. I forget that we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <sighs> Can't see each other. It's it's crazy that all of this is going on when what we're asking for is so simple. Just be treated equally. Like, it is so simple. Like, it's so damn simple what we're asking. Don't we have to go through all of this? This is it's wild, bro. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Treat me how you would treat your brother. Treat me how you like would treat your so sister. That is so simple for, for us to just ask if there is a there's a white man, if there's a black man, if there's a Mexican Hispanic man going in for a job interview, that you look at all of them the same. They are all one man each. That, that is all we ask. That that that's so simple. Why? Is, I just don't get it. It's just that simple. Yeah, and um, Shit is you know sick. it, it it it's. <laughs> For me, the first one was Trayvon Martin, the first notable one for me. Um, that's when I really start paying attention to stuff like this. I mean, the list, we, we got a whole, you know, we got a whole uh, book of, of, of names at this point. couple books. Um, we still don't have justice for Breonna Taylor. We still trying to get, um, what's his name, James Cameron? Or no, uh, Cameron Daniel. The Houston. attorney general. Oh, for yeah, I can't. I can't think of his name right now. But we're still trying to get him to do what's right. I just found out the other day, and he is he he is he is a full blown nigga. What state? You talking about Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. I seen that. I seen that today. I just I that blew my mind. This whole time I'm thinking, yeah. But you gotta have a heart. Yeah. At this point, we. Looking at skin color, it's, it's just about do you have a heart? Do you have compassion? Yeah, like, because are you, are you a human being? Right. Because they, I mean, there are some African Americans that, that that's what I'm saying that like, do the same that, thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, that will that will like, talk down on their race and and we're not oppressed. All of this is an act. We're making it worse than what it is. I'm a black man, and I I I I love my life. I live a good life. I saw your president uh, tweet tweet something about that. A, a black man was in the street um, at a protest or at some type of rally, I guess, and was it was just going off about how how good his life was. He was married to a white woman, and that, that Black Lives uh, Matter was 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 this that and the fifth, and it was crazy. It was it was crazy, so but to speak. The thing about it is, it's bigger than you. You may live a good life, but right? But that's not overall, for every, as a whole, the everybody. majority. That's not for everybody. You speaking for you? I I seen that video that you're speaking of. Like, bro, was, bro, was tripping. We're a minority for a reason. Yeah, Lil Wayne does that a lot, and he's from my hometown. I love Lil Wayne to death, but he Wayne, he, Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. I think the drugs have him immune to life. Yeah, so Wayne is Wayne is. He he be in his own world. Yes, that's. But for the pe, it's so. But so many young black and white kids that look up to Wayne, and for him to say things like that, they you know, it don't help. It just don't help. It it, it doesn't. 
And it Wayne don't is, help at the end of that. Wayne is my favorite rapper, so I, I know that. Yeah, it just don't help at the end of that. Well, he, uh, I'll give you uh, three minutes, and then I'll give Rube the last five minutes to, to close out this segment um, before we actually start diving into the NBA games. But go ahead and uh, give me three minutes of your final thoughts on this topic. I probably don't have three minutes worth because <laughs> um, this is really just – Oh, my God. It's, it's the solution. What we're, like I said, what we're asking for is simple. You just want to be treated equal. Um, we need people higher in power, mainly white. We need them to speak. We 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 need their voice. Like we need them to show us that they're human, because we we give them a lot of money. Right. So we just want the same love back. Like we just it's, it's simple. Like it's not. We're not asking you to, to to donate. We're not asking. We're not asking for. All we're asking for you to to give a public address, give a public statement, to say that you see what's going on in the world and you understand that it's not right. That's right. it. Right. Like some of these things are so damn simple. It, it's not a Rubik's cube. It's simple. Right. Show that you're a human. Yeah. And I guess I'll finish up your two minutes. Um, you know, I I was really outraged by today from a standpoint, from a DFS standpoint, because I felt I had a good take on on the plays and on the games today, how they were going to go. Um, you know, I was all in on CJ McCollum because Damian Lillard wasn't going to play. I I liked uh, Carmelo today a lot, um, and it looked like Russell Westbrook was going to play, but he was questionable. So you know, when I get my lineups in, and you know, all this is happening two minutes before the games lock. And before your players lock, it was like, oh, whoa, now I got to make all these changes or else I'm going to lose out on money. And so then it was like, for me, it was like, you know, I didn't get to make my changes. I, I got, I got, yeah, we got our money back. We were refunded our money because, you know, all the games were postponed and you have to have at least two games played. Otherwise, you know, there's no, there's no slate. Um, but it was like, I had, I felt like I had a good handle on the day. And then all that chaos happened in the last minute and a half. It was like, Okay, the Bucks players aren't on the court. And then it was like, but the Magic players are. And then it was like, okay, well, it's coming to look like um, that the Bucks are really boycotting this game and aren't going to play. And then, you know, my I didn't get to put my changes in. And so I'm like, ah, crap, I'm losing out on money today when I'm thinking I'm going to win some money. And I was outraged by it from a DFS perspective. But from an African-American perspective, I told my mama this. All I could say was shout out to the Bucks, man. Thank you for what you did because that took courage, that took heart, and it took a lot to do that. And one thing, uh, I think a lot of people do owe Kyrie Irving an apology. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm one of those people. Because he uh, he was kind of first on this boycott and stuff. And and came out and said that, you know, this wasn't the time to be hooping. I so, am as well. Yeah, the 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 Kyrie. I don't remember if I was hard on him. I don't but, think but if you I were. was. I apologize, Kyrie. I'm not sure, but if I was, I apologize, Kyrie. I mean, we did a whole episode we, calling yeah. it swerving yeah, because in did. honor of you yeah. know Kyrie yeah. Irving, Kyrie swerving. So, um, yes, Sorry, you, bro. Yeah, yeah, I apologize. You, you hit it right on the nail, and he's been doing a lot of things, donating to the WNBA, time. giving yeah, them one point five active. million. Stephen Jack is active. Shout out to those guys. Yeah, so he, you know, 
Um, but Rube, go ahead and take you know two three minutes and take us home with with this segment. For sure. I mean, uh, kind of like the the whole apology to Kyrie. I mean, that's that was kind of my point with the 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 momentum type deal uh, that we were talking about. It's just like them having to go or, or choosing, you know, to go play basketball. They kind of got away from what the finding a solution as somebody who, you know, I mean, as much as I'd love to donate to WNBA, I think the WNBA is a beautiful basketball game. Um, as a basketball fan, you know, I, obviously I don't really have the funds to help, but you know keep Kyrie away from basketball and now he you know the only thing he can do is think of ways so it's kind of the only point that I had about um that I was trying to make with the whole uh the whole um lost momentum thing uh what Cam brought up but yeah man I I it's just it's again and, and I, I don't try I I never once ever in my life and I never will try to pretend that I know what it feels like um to to be looked at in a certain way and feel and feel or to be looked at and be a threat, you know, um, the closest I can get to that, you know, is just my experiences playing flag football, basketball, and just being good at those sports. Um, but even then it's, it's a different type of threat. It's a, it's, it's, it's not the same. So I, even then I still can't, I, I have no idea how it feels. Um, but it's just like you, like, like he was saying, it, it it's so simple. It's so simple. And it's sad that it's so it's that simple yet people will find a way to beat around it. I mean, people, we, you know, we, we hear the all lives matter, obviously all lives matter, but all lives can't matter until black lives matter as well. The, 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 the blue lives matter. People are choosing a job title to matter more than an actual human. Nobody's walking around saying cops lives don't matter or cop or the people, you know, the people who are cops don't matter. Nobody's walking around, say, kill them. Nobody's walking around just killing them. <laughs> Nobody's lynching them still. It's, it happened in Houston a couple times. In the Houston area, I should say. Like, that, it's not, it, nobody's walking around doing that. And so for people to try to discredit the Black Lives Matter with the, with the uh, whole uh, Blue Lives Matter, like, I mean, that just shows you, I mean, like y'all were saying, I mean, that's, you know, we are unfortunately still miles away from the true solution, how we're going to get there. I mean, people are still thinking that a job title is worth more than the actual human life. And, and, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I mean, I know y'all don't know me too well, the other two outside of cam, but you know, I mean, I'm always, you know, I'm always ears. I'm always an available person. You know, if, if, if you ever feel like you need to talk, talk to somebody or anything about that or any of y'all's listeners, you know, or, but for me, close out real quick. I just, I just really think, you know, anybody, a white counterpart, an ally, of uh, this podcast or just of any of y'all's friends, man, it, you got to stand up. You have to speak out. You have to. It's just no more sitting in the end of the bench. All right. It's a, you have to step up and step up, step up and be loud, be louder than your actions at this point. Be loud, be so loud that there have, it's an, it's an inevitable change that has to happen. And that's all I got really. Respect. Well, we, we appreciate that message, Ruben. Um, we'll be back. Uh, right after this, um, we're going to I know we said we were going to be done with this topic, but I kind of wanted to just briefly talk about the direction of uh, where the playoffs may or may not be going after this. And then we'll discuss what we've seen in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll be right back after this. Uh, what's going on? We're back, guys. Uh, just waiting on Ruben to uh, come on back in.
one moment. Yeah, so uh, the direction of uh, where the playoffs may or may not be headed. Um, so right now it's in flux. Uh, and I, the conversation um, ended pretty badly, uh, to my knowledge. Um, everybody was invited uh, as far as players go. Um, coaches were invited at one point as well, I believe. But, uh, yeah, LeBron and the Lakers had um, – LeBron and the Lakers had decided that they um, they were against finishing the season. They were okay with, uh, with not playing it out. And um, that wasn't a final decision, but uh, – but yeah, right now as as it uh, sits, the everybody else wants to play. The Lakers and um, the Lakers and the Clippers uh, currently don't don't want to play. E, take over for a second while I get Ruben back in here. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So um, uh, LeBron was very was very upset. Um, but my thing with LeBron is, um, so he was one of the ones who I had an issue with before the restart got going, um, primarily because we hadn't heard much from him. And, you know, it was like Kyrie was doing all this advocating for not, um, you know, having the season restart. But it was like, you know, where's, you know, LeBron is the face of the NBA. Where is he in all of this? And, you know, it's like LeBron didn't even, excuse me, elect to uh, put something on the back of his jersey. Um, One of the messages that was selected by the, uh, that was agreed upon by the NBA and the NBPA. But it's like, okay, um, you could say that, you know, you don't really like the messages. And, you know, it's completely up to you if you want to put a message on the back of your jersey or not. But it's like, what kind of a look is that? And, you know, to me, it's like something is better than nothing. And I'm not getting on LeBron for that. But to me, it's like, how are you going to walk out and be upset and huff and puff when it's at the end of the day? I mean, we said this before, E, um, you know, quoting Pat Beverly, say we hooping, we hooping. If Bron say we not hooping, we not hooping. So, I mean, like, how are you going to get mad? Because, you know, they want to go against you now in regards to, you know, scrapping the season. And it's like the mindset behind the players are, we're already here, so we might as well finish this thing out. And, you know, there was some um, there were some teams and players that were actually upset that the Bucks decided to go ahead and jump the gun and, you know, didn't want to, um, you know, didn't consult with anybody else before they went ahead, went off and did that. Yeah, I heard that they were upset that they didn't tell anybody which I understand. They definitely should have verbalized that message. Well, I mean, it was in the we said it earlier. It was in the spur of the moment, and it was a domino effect. Well, you know, one you player could have sent somebody a representative over because, like you said, the Magic were in there warming up. Like, no, it was it was about to be tip off. Like, they were warming up, getting ready. Like mindset was ready to hoop. So like, they they should have. Well, I believe the Bucks went out there to warm up, went back into the locker room, and 
you know, George Hill said, hey, I'm not playing, you know, for X, Y, and Z. And then somebody else came out and said, I stand with you. And then the next thing you know, the whole team comes out and says, stands with you. The the Magic are ready to, you know, jump ball. So it's like it just happened so fast. And I believe Jalen Brown was one of the players I, I, I saw on um, Woj, I believe, tweet um, – or somebody tweeted it and said that he was one of the players that were saying, you know, you guys don't have anything to, to – to, you know, you don't have anything to – you don't have to defend yourself. You know, some people were mad and there were some that were in there like, it, it's okay. You don't have to explain yourself. I don't think they have to explain themselves. I just think they could have gave up and did what That's all. Not mad at what they did. Just speak on. Just let somebody know. But like, yeah, just spread the moment. So, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on it? Anybody, Ruben? David? Uh, I, I, I agree. I think uh, just you know, just sending somebody. I mean, all they all. I'm sure they all got each other's numbers. Just shooting a text to the higher up so that they that they can prepare something. You know. Um, and, and I mean, but at the same time, you know, it, it's kind of like the coronavirus whenever the jazz, you know, the jazz, uh, thunder game, uh, found out Gobert tested positive. <laughs> I mean, they instantly without a hesitation, just, Hey, we're shutting down. And that's then exactly, that obviously, that's so exactly I, how it felt today. Yeah. Like a repeat and, of uh, yeah. And so I think it's. It, it, it's a tough situation, um, but I mean, it, it's, it, I'm, I'm glad Jalen Brown, um, you know, and I'm sure there's some other guys that I'm glad that they, I think that one thing that we have to realize is just how close to home that was, you know what I'm saying is, is for that, for that organization. Um, you know, I mean, you cause I, it, that's why I think one of my favorite performances of all time was Isaiah Thomas uh, going out there for the Celtics and at, right after his uh, sister passed away, like, it's it you make a decision in that moment and, and nobody would have faulted him for you know for saying hey I, I just can't like sometimes you you know you get out there um I don't know I, I compare it to a I had a heartbreak one time in high school and try to get out there and play and uh I just physically couldn't get myself to, like I just you know I just couldn't I was very sad I was very you know I was emotional I was an emotional wreck <laughs> that all high school kids are but you know, and I hate to, I'm not trying to compare it to that, but in that sense where I just, I physically couldn't get myself to get up. And, you know, you go out there and I can only imagine what some of the players or the Bucks were feeling already. And, you know, you get out there, start warming up and you just, just like, Hey, I'm, if I get out there, I'm going to be half in it. My mind's going to be in a different place. And these guys are playing at an unrealistic type pace. Like they're, these are professional athletes to the biggest of the biggest, most athletic of the athletics. So if you're a step behind, you're, there's a good chance you get injured. And so, I mean, it is what I think, you know, you get out there, you're like, Hey, I, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way I can go out there and compete. Like I just can't. And then you just, you, from there, you know, I think you know, as a teammate, especially as a brotherhood, like the NBA is, you know, you, Hey, fuck it. If you're not playing, I'm not playing. I got your back type deal. Right. Right. David, did you have anything you want to chime in on? Uh, nah, yeah, I pretty much uh, hit it on the head, but I would say I didn't think they had to uh, shoot the text. I mean, when you're a man and sometimes you just got to stand on your word, pull the trigger, because it wouldn't matter what you say, I'm just not going. It Next. just is what it is. Got you, got you. Yeah, I, I know we spent a lot of time on this, but I mean, it was it was well worth it. Um, it was something that we had to discuss. People are, you know, 
doing things in their in their own way. Um, and this was our way of, of being able to do something. Um, uh, I mean, um, shoot, uh, Kenny the Jet Smith on TNT, he walked off set today. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, people are just so upset. Yeah, it was that was pretty big too. Um, people are just so out outraged by 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 not just this situation, but go ahead. E. That was big. But imagine if Ernie walked out the set. Oh, yeah, that's powerful. That's what I mean by we need those type of leaders to speak out. If Ernie, yeah. if, like Kenny, what Kenny did was great. No, Ernie. I rock with it, but if Ernie walk off, Ernie is has been nominated for. Is magnified by a hundred. Yeah, if yeah. He yeah. Walks if, off. If Ernie has won. If Ernie, if Ernie said, "I stand with him and I walk off," yeah, that'd have been major. Good point, E. No, very good point. Very good point. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the things you know. One, like you said, people people gotta everybody gotta speak up. Everybody gotta do their part. Um, but we're going to go ahead and move on for now and, um, talk some actual basketball on what we, what we've been seeing in the bubble, uh, during these playoffs, um, how things are turning out. So E, we kind of did our, um, little playoff breakdown and I guess we'll start with the Nuggets and Jazz, um, since that's turned out to be an exciting series. Um, I believe you had the Nuggets in seven. Um, the series is currently 3-2 uh, with Utah leading Denver. Um, Donovan Mitchell has continued to play out of his mind, even with the return of Mike Conley into the lineup. Uh, Jamal Murray has uh, put on a spectacular performance, almost had a uh, – nearly had a 50-point triple-double. I believe he had 45 or 48 or something like that with uh, with seven boards and seven assists or something crazy like that. Um what is going on? I'll start with you. What is going on with with Denver? Um, because I have my own take, but I'll let you go first. What's going on with Denver, and what is Utah showing you? Like I've been trying to tell y'all, nobody guards. So the problem <laughs> is they're not guarding anybody. No one is guarding anybody. That is that is the problem. I'm not seeing anything from either team that makes me like, oh, they're like, it's literally it's both ways. Neither team is playing defense. I agree. Neither team it's is it's, it's who's making, who's going to make more shots late is what's been going on. And Jamal Murray's been playing great. Um, Michael Porter Jr. going to the bench. I'm not going to lie. That was a very, very stupid decision. How? What did you do it for? Because he was getting picked on. And 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 what's what's the difference now? No, everybody's getting picked on now. Every play, Grant is not doing much better. He's doing better than Michael Porter Jr. He can't be if he got fifty put on his head. He wasn't the only one that was guarding. He's the main. He's the <laughs> primary defender. So you gonna get primary these buckets? But you want one person to have a chance of going off for fifty, or you want? Or thirty or whatever. If you're, or you not, if you're not gonna guard, you might as well go score. Put Michael Porter in for the scoring. I mean, he went from dropping fifty to thirty. That's Donovan Mitchell. That is because that's what you're referring to. Jeremy Grant was once Torrey Craig and Michael Porter Jr. were taken out of the starting lineup. 
which I don't agree with taking Torrey Craig out of the starting lineup, but he was playing bad offensively. Donovan Mitchell started going off for less than. Then Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley started going off. We got we got nobody guarding all over the place, so you might as well just keep <laughs> offense on the floor. Doki's been playing great. Rudy's been playing great. I still think the Nuggets are going to win in seven. I, I, yeah, I haven't seen much from um, like Utah been hooping, but I'm not. I don't think they're going to sustain it. So what is it for? What is it for you that that Utah's not that they don't have to close the series out? Donovan Mitchell. He gonna come back third. He's gonna come back third. If he gives them anything less than what he's been doing, they they lose every game. Okay. Well, uh, as it's been stated before on the show, you are not the biggest Utah Jazz fan. You're not the biggest Donovan Mitchell fan either, as I was about to allude to. What don't you like about Donovan Mitchell? I'll get to that in a second. I'll I'll, I'll let you talk, David, in just a second. But I have said this about the Denver Nuggets on previous shows. They lack scoring. They lack shooting. They have looked terrible offensively in games three. The Nuggets? The Nuggets. Games four. I'll get there. Game five, Jamal Murray, spectacular. Game three, Jamal Murray, spectacular. And I said this on the show that at the end of the day, what it was going to come down to was when somebody has to take that last shot and you need just an absolute bucket that's not going to be stopped and they can go get it, Michael Porter Jr. uh, lacks the experience with this being his rookie year, Nikola Jokic, not that guy that you really just want taking your last shot to get a guaranteed bucket for you. Jamal Murray, I said, wasn't that guy. Jamal Murray is proving me wrong. Jamal Murray been, as you would say, hooping out of his mind. And I don't think I, – I, that's in his bag. That's what I wanted to see more consistently out of Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is that guy, but he needs more help. I, I don't know where – and what department? Uh, the defense has been terrible, so maybe that could help. Uh, but you know, you take Tory Craig out of that lineup, that that's going to make the defense go down. And you insert Monty Morris, a guy who's you know six foot six whatever, um, that's not going to help. But uh, yeah, Jamal Murray, I just got to give him his shout out and his praise because you know I wasn't, I just wasn't confident in his in his in his ability to be clutch. And to finish, but go ahead, David. I'll, I'll I'll give you the floor. Oh no, I just wanted to know what he didn't like about Donovan, but I do think uh, the Jazz will pull a series off. I think Donovan will keep playing at a high rate, and he has Conley back, so it takes him off. It takes some of that stress off offensively. I think they'll pull it off, but Murray, he's phenomenal. No, definitely. Uh, Rube, what have you been seeing out of that series? Uh, I think what people uh, didn't realize with uh, with the Jazz in the regular season is with uh, – and I'm going to butcher his name because there's like four of them in the league, but it, I think it's Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, with him, an elite scorer. 
uh, a guy who's very underrated at scoring the basketball, uh, finally gets his shine. But there just wasn't enough ball to go around because Conley's not, you know, Conley's not a spot up shooter. And so and he's not he's not Ricky Rubio, who's only there to, you know, set you up. And uh, and so I think the problem was, is there just again, there wasn't no, there wasn't enough ball to go around. And so in Jordan Clarkson has, has kind of stepped up tremendously the past few games. Um, and so now that we're seeing, cause I was, I, I mean, I lost the spread bet um, on the jazz. Cause I thought it was an overreaction seeing Conley come back. So I was like, well, him and Mitchell have not played good together, but now, you know, now they're able to split that load and they're not kicking it to another guy. I mean, Royce O'Neal's taking maybe what five shots a game. Um, Gobert's just getting stuff around the rim uh, I'm trying to think who's the other starter. It's probably uh, Ingles. Uh, Joe Ingles. Yeah, and Joe Ingles has been shooting like maybe nine, ten shots a game. I mean, that's without Jordan Clarkson putting up 25. There's another 50 something shots to go around. And so now that Conley's able to get his his dosage, and then uh, Mitchell get his dosage, you know, and and like you've already alluded to, the, the Jamal Murray ain't guarding me. Monte uh, Morris probably couldn't guard me. Um, the, these are these are guys who you know aren't really known for their defense. Yeah, they can go get a bucket, but one thing that the Denver Nuggets had relied on heavily in the regular season, which they normally do, and I think this I think this uh, this playoff series would look a lot different is if Denver was playing at home because now J- the Jazz can't play at a higher tempo. I mean this this series there are three two four out of the four out of the five games have gone over by a significant number. And there was only one game that didn't go over because the Nuggets just put up 87 points and decided they didn't want to score that night. And so, I mean, a team who who was a little slightly on the over um, throughout the regular season, I mean, a lot of their unders came because they played at home and teams would get tired out and you just, you know, and that's how that's how they're able to get wins. Now, you know, like like Cam was alluding to, they couldn't, or I, I think it was Cam, they can't guard anybody. The Nuggets can't guard anybody. And I and and I was going into the series. Um, I definitely I, I didn't put any of my takes out there, but I definitely had the uh the Nuggets in six or seven and and I I do not see them winning another game. I think unless Jamal Murray does I mean Jokic had twenty one in the first quarter. Oh, Jokic was amazing that last game <laughs> in the first quarter. And the first yeah. half, really, and then didn't do anything in the second half. He went like six or six or seven for seven or something like that. Yeah. Eight for eight, eight for eight. Field and and five a, for five a from buzzer, three. a running buzzer beater from three. Oh yeah, I catched that first quarter bit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and and so I mean you had a guy who, you know, basically took all the offensive load in the first half and then Murray took over the second half. Like I just I I, I actually don't think that'll happen again. And so I I, I see the I think the Jazz, if they get back into it, I, I think Jazz come out and <laughs> I'd hate to say it, but I think the Jazz may end up winning by eight eight plus points in this next this next matchup. Interesting, interesting. No, nah, man. I mean, it. So the point totals in the bubble have been outrageous in general. I love so it. So I, I I still can't I still can't wrap my mind around why that is. Or you know what what the factor of that is? No, it's, you know why. it's not because people don't guard. That that that's, no. that is what that's, it is. That's not what it is. You don't go from from averaging a hundred and some odd points in the regular season with fans around 
to going into this NBA bubble and putting up 130 some odd points. Depth, the average, depth the perception. total have, has gone up. Depth perception. Up. No one is guarding anybody. So they're just not guarding anybody because they're, they're in the bubble. I don't know why they're not guarding anybody. They're just not guarding nobody. I think it's a depth nobody. perception thing, to be honest. <laughs> you playing so a smaller – a depth perception type deal. I mean, imagine you play in a giant arena and you have all these people behind the the thing. Granted, they have that big screen, but it feels everything on a court. Feel. Imagine if you've ever played pickup in a gym where you've had to play side to side rather than full court, right? Um, they have goals all the way around. Maybe you did it at your high school or something. When you play side to side, every shot feels long. You know, you feel like you and you start having to scoot out, scoot out. Well, these are NBA guys and they feel like they're playing in a small court. I mean, that's why we've seen guys pull up from the logo like it was just a, a regular walkaway jumper. Like, it's just I, – I, I really think that the scoring has gone up. I mean, a large part, I, especially in the regular – or the – what would they call it? The playing – or what was the, it? The, the seating games. The seating games. Yeah, the seat, yeah, the seating games. I think that a lot of that was just a lot of guys saying, hey, I think we just outscored this team. Let's go get a bucket. Let's not really worry too much about the defensive end, blah, blah, blah. And, and so there was a little bit of that. And, and I mean, teams – Teams are showing you that offense is the new wave in the game. And they're just like, hey, look, it, it, with with everybody being able to shoot the way that they can shoot now, you just got to hope you can outscore your partner, uh, your, outscore your opponent. But I think depth, depth perception is, a, a, is playing a big key in why um, T.J. Warren was averaging 37 points and a half. <laughs> His name is M.J. Warren, and don't you forget it. <laughs> and- <laughs> whatever you want to call him, MJ, TJ, Anthony, Warren Jr., whatever you want to get at the crib. No. Mr. Bucket. Yeah, he, he is at the crib now. Um, so can we talk about that for, for a second since we're on the subject? Um, can we talk about the Pacers in general, why they got swept in the situation with Nate McMillan? So for those of you who don't know, um, Nate McMillan was uh, it was it was publicized uh, via social media and even during the games that he had received a uh, contract extension into the next year uh, right before playoffs had started. Um, he wasn't the only one. Uh, Brad Stevens for the Boston Celtics had received one as well. Um, so Nate McMillan, African American coach uh, who has a winning record overall and with the Pacers. Um, in the regular season, uh, I believe he went three and sixteen with the uh, as as a head coach um, in the playoffs, but uh, winning record overall as as a um, as a head coach during the regular season, as I said, and um, so he goes up against Miami, who I stated on the last show I think is going to um, win the East or at least go to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, but he goes in and plays them without his second best player. And you could argue that currently he's the best player on the team right now, or where, wherever you want to pair him between Brogdon Oladipo. Uh, his name is Demonis Sabonis, who I'm speaking of. They go in mm-hmm. without him. He has plantar fasciitis uh, or fasciitis. Um, wow. You could even put TJ Warren in that top, best four category. Um, nonetheless, they get swept by Miami. He loses his job, and you come to find out that the extension was more of a, I guess, restructuring of his contract. It, it was it was softened up or something. I, I believe I read on, uh, from from Woj's tweet. But nonetheless, 
how does a, a winning head coach um, lose his job after a one one play one bad playoff run? Yes, what? You don't. So you don't think it had anything to do with him being African American? You think it was because he got swept without his best player, arguably second best player? Yeah, it's because he got swept. I don't think it had anything to do with his skin coach. So top five defense. Two, three out of two years, or no, top fifty. So he was, I believe, number. He was top five two out of three years. That that one of that one year that he was not top five in defense, defensive rating. Uh, he was fourteenth, which is still not great, but not terrible either. So slightly above average. You're gonna fire him over there. I don't think he should have got fired, but I mean, you think it was because he got swept? They got, the they got swept. With Victor Oladipo, who at one point was your best player on the team, if not is still coming off of a quad injury, a torn quad injury. We're not gonna do that. Why not? We're not gonna do that. Why not? Because he's on the court. We're we just said last. We just said last that. week that he's not the same Victor Oladipo. And I said, if you're not gonna be the same Victor Oladipo, you should sit down. Nonetheless, whether he should have sat down or not, that's not the same Victor Oladipo. And he cost his coach's job. Interesting. Uh, you can't win one game. Hey, I mean, with the with the makeup of that team, your your best player is a shell of himself. You're missing your second best player. You know the guy who has showed the world, you know that he's a walking bucket, so to speak, is getting clamped up by the opposition. You know, now he's, Brock- he's being guarded by the other team's best player. Right. And he's the third best player. Right. So Victor Oladipo has no excuse to not go eat. Like that's not no. I'm, Shell, I'm shelling himself. I'm not giving him a. Then go sit your ass down. We already discussed this on the last episode. If he, you're he not gonna to. be the, he's supposed to be the best player on that team. Go be that. And if you're not going to be that, you can't be that mentally. Go sit your ass down. We already said he was going to, and it was money involved. So he decided to play. If you're gonna play, you have to hoop. And you were saying it was mental. And I'm saying if you're gonna get on the court, you gotta throw all that out the way and you have to play basketball. You have to hoop, bro. So you go on the court every single time and play in a hundred percent mentality. Me? Yes. Cameron, you know that. Cameron. Cameron. (laughs) Did you really just ask me that? I did. First of all, I don't get paid millions of dollars. So, no, I do not go every time I step on the court, go 100. He's the best player on the team. You're the leader of the team. Is he not? He is. He played bad all series. And Jimmy Butler didn't even step to him. That's not good. Got your coach fired. That, that's why he's fired. Make me, if Nate McMillan wants to blame someone, he needs to go talk to number four. Because that's who got him fired. Fellas, what are your thoughts? Uh, the only thing, my bad. Uh, the only thing I really have on on why it makes sense is, I mean, Pacers didn't make it competitive, um, and, and and yeah, I, I mean, not having Sabonis definitely hurt them. Sabonis is actually a very like, very underrated piece. I mean, he was a very very underrated piece for the uh, for OKC, and I think if we had not had to get rid of Sabonis, then. Then uh, that team with Sabonis uh, and PG and Russ, I think that was a very dominant Western Conference team. But I, th- I think the fact that it wasn't competitive, 
Um, it just, and, and I think, and with a lot of, in this era, and it's not just basketball, it's all sports. Yeah. You know, you don't, a lot of people don't care what you do regular season, but if you make it into the playoffs and you don't prove anything, then you know what, it, it's unfortunate, but you see a lot more cuts. Um, obviously, you know, you have those teams where it's like, all right, we, uh, we were supposed to be eight and eight and we went football wise, we were supposed to be eight and eight or any sport. We're supposed to be 500 at least, but we finished 20 something games or X amount of games under 500. Then, yeah, we see cuts, but you know, I mean, there's a reason why Jason Garrett and, and, and some other coaches have been able to thrive off of living off of a, an eight and eight, nine and six, you know, right, a, right. Hovering around that 500 and then they don't make the playoffs. Well, they didn't really disprove anything. They, you know, okay, where, where can we make our team better? Where can, where can we make our team better? You know, but when you make the playoffs, everything's magnified. And so, you know, not, and not, I don't even know if they covered and then I don't even know if they've covered, a, they covered a spread during the series. And I think most of their, most of their games, they lost by nine to t- nine, probably 12 points per game. And so it's, hey, Nate McMillan has always <clears throat> had kind of a, a stigma of obviously he's, he's always been pretty good defensively, but his, Offensive sets and systems, it just it hasn't caught up to this today's game. And so I think when you got youth and you've got young guys and you're expecting to get younger, like I think it's, you know, you potentially you want to start looking for a younger coach or somebody who's gonna play at a higher tempo. And unfortunately that's just not him. Go ahead, David. Uh like he said, I think by the the sweep was bad on the coach's part. Is that usually alludes to you didn't make your game the game changes right to get you at least one win. But I think the biggest thing was, I think if he would have been able to empower like Oladipo uh, and especially the TJ versus Butler uh, battle, like regardless if they didn't bark at each other, it was big for TJ, especially how he had been playing. To empower, uh, to impose his will more on that court, and he didn't. Um, and I and think uh, Butler, just by him being that dog, he 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 run with a bunch of wolves, and they really follow Butler, so they really fed off of Butler's energy. They weren't able to feed off TJ like he had in when the in the preseason game or the you know the games before that. But I think that's what what the major thing was. I didn't think he deserved to get uh, fired. Man, with the Sabonis being out, I think he should have got another try next year with everybody playing tip top. But you know, things happen. And go ahead, go ahead, go ahead finish up there. No, nah, that 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 I don't I don't want to necessarily uh, say it was because he's black, but you know we have shorter leashes, so yeah, it mm-hmm. is what it is. Right, and I mean, but that that kind of only really adds to my point. I mean, this was C.J. Warren's first playoff run, so I mean. Yeah. You don't have Demonis Sabonis. You know, TJ Warren is is going up against Jimmy Butler in TJ Warren's first playoff run. He got Victor picked up for cash considerations. What's that? I said he got picked up for cash considerations as well. <laughs> right, exactly. Nobody was expecting TJ you know, Warren to, to do the things he was doing, you know, during the regular season or in the, in the bubble. So it's like, I mean, why, why? I don't think anybody here disagrees that the man should have got fired. Now, we might think he got fired for different reasons, but nobody here yeah. thinks that he should have been fired. Um, and then, you know, Woj comes out and tweets that um, the Indiana Pacers, uh, should the Rockets choose not to um, 
renew or extend Mike D'Antoni, um, he'll be one of the, uh, you know, one of the front runners mm-hmm. that, that they'll look to seek after. And that sparked the conversation between um, me and a buddy of mine by the name of Marcus. And he was upset that Nate McMillan was fired because um, once he saw the Woes tweet, it, he just blew up and uh, about Mike D'Antoni. He he said he was so sick and tired of of seeing um, of seeing uh, and he and I air quote this offensive geniuses um, be looked at for you know this that and the fifth, but you know you shouldn't discredit one other coach just because you know one got fired. We all agree Nate McMillan phenomenal on defense, good coach overall, winning record should not have been fired. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, offense scores points. If we're going to sit here and discredit somebody, I mean, we just said it about Denver and uh, Utah. That's a shootout. Who's going to score more points since ain't nobody playing defense, right? Who's going to score more points than the opposition? Nate McMillan isn't going to be able to do that for the Indiana Pacers. You put Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis and T.J. Warren and Malcolm Brogdon in a situation with uh, Mike D'Antoni, that team right there, I guarantee you, numbers going to go up. So, wins, man. Wins, numbers, somebody going to have some uh, some boost, some boosted uh, inflated stats. You don't think so? I'm, I, I agree with Marcus. So I'm not, I'm well, elaborate. I'm not going to go there. About Mike D'Antoni, I'm not finna get into a host. Well, you don't like Mike D'Antoni either, but I wanted to. I wanted to address this as well. So, I just think he's overrated as a coach. But that's just me. Explain. What has he won? We talk about he's an offensive genius. What has he won? Not necessarily. You not you don't win anything, but his his track record is proven. Proven for what though? Steve Nash, James Harden, numbers going up. He's a regular season champ. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, and we're not gonna do that either because see, I went back and looked at this. We're not gonna sit. And I'm, I'm so sick and tired of this Kevin McHale bullshit. Kevin McHale is a terrible ke- coach. Terrible. So we're not gonna sit here and compare apples to oranges with McHale and D'Antoni because I'm so sick of Rockets haters and non-Rockets fans. And I'm not, this isn't just you. This is specifically to my uncle. Um, talking about how <laughs> Kevin McHale did this, that, and the fifth for the Rockets, and it's James Harden's fault. And, you know, James Harden got him fired and whatnot. Let me tell you something. What's been the Rockets' number one Achilles heel when it comes to the playoffs? Who has just been that brick wall that they step in front of every time that they see them? Defense? What team? Damn Warriors, the Golden State Warriors. Do you know how out of so Kevin McHale was the Rockets head coach for what four or five years, something like that. Out of all the times that he played the Golden State Warriors, he had a better he 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 didn't have a better team than what's comprised of right now. McHale, yeah. The Rockets don't even have a center. By choice. E. By choice. E. By, the, by choice. Regardless, it's not like 
the rosters that, oh we don't have a center everybody so no no they traded the only center they had so the Warriors had a better the Warriors had a better team in the D'Antoni era or in the or in the McHale era better in the D'Antoni era okay so I mean what's what's your point I'm talking about the Rockets team I I understand that good. and here's my point McHale won two play out of ten games ten playoff games that the uh Rockets played when they played the Warriors in the McHale era. They only won two of them. They played them, I believe. I'm not. You, I'm not saying McHale's a better coach than than Tony. Then Harden was putting up numbers too. Harden was not putting up numbers like that. Harden wasn't coming close to putting up numbers like that. He went averaging thirty. He's averaging thirty five, right now. Mm-hmm. That is fine. No, 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 no. We're not finna sit here and, and like act like went, somebody can just average 35 on a nightly basis. 23 to 35. He went from 30 to 35. He started at 23 with Mikael, and they've gone up each and every year. But we're not finna sit like we're not finna sit here and act like that you just finna go out and drop 35 every single night on a regular basis. He, so you think that's because of D'Antoni? I do. I think it's because of the system that they've that he's been put in behind D'Antoni. And the what what the the analytics behind the Rockets and what they try to impl- implement into that style of shooting threes, taking layups, smart twos, and giving up twos over threes. That adds more possession. That adds pace. And I think it's an analytical analytical perspective. You weren't gonna do that with Mikael. We'll see. Should the playoffs resume? But um, what, what do you what do you think, uh, Rube, Dave? Anybody want to chime in? Uh, 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 you get into Mike D'Antoni talk. It's it's tough. I mean, Mike D'Antoni's a proven regular season uh a winner, and he's had success getting deep into the playoffs. Um, but the one thing that I used to get frustrated with uh, as a Thunder fan. Uh, with Scott Brooks is that, you know, you have uh, you have those guys who can create create at will, get their shot at will, create for others at will. Um, you've seen that with Dan Tony. He, he had Nash, he had Hard, you know, and it, these guys who can at any moment get their own shot and or get somebody else a shot. Uh, and so th- that, was, uh, that was Scott Brooks' problem is, yeah, it works until it doesn't. Because there, I mean, there's plenty of games where, I mean, the Thunder ran three plays. It was a, a, a swing with a, like two high elbow staggered screens to get KD the ball on the left or the right wing, or they'd run a down screen to catch him at, so he'd get the ball at the top of the key. Well, after a while, you know, teams are a little bit more physical in the playoffs and KD can't get to those same spots because refs are giving a little, giving them a little bit more not letting him, you know, letting him bump around. And now he's not getting those spots. So now he's having to start his his offense, getting KD the ball. He's starting it 36 feet away from the room, you know. Uh, and so that was always my problem with Scott Brooks. And, and it's hard when you have a guy like that. It's hard to try to tailor an entire offense around a guy like that, you know. But that's why – that I mean, that's why Steve Kerr is so great. That's why Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Greg Pop is so great, Rick Carlisle. These guys, you, they still have – systems in place to get guys the ball every guy the ball at different places and so D'Antoni I, I think the problem is with D'Antoni is that you're just not getting any in-game adjustments 
and you can, you know, it, it analytics are slowly taking over sports and, and, and whatnot. But I mean, it's a one outlier game and you go for 27 or, I mean, see what they're doing against the Rockets. I mean, against the, uh, my thunder right now is, you know, they put up a stinker in the fourth quarter and thunder made their comeback and did what they had to do is it's, and that's the problem is, you know, D'Antoni doesn't have that in-game adjustment, and that's the only problem I really have with D'Antoni. And I kind of agree, though. I, I don't think you can win with D'Antoni. If you don't have a coach that can't make in-game adjustments, like a, like a true in-game adjustment, then I don't, I, don't, I don't see how you can win with that coach. Interesting. Well, while we're on the subject um, of the Rockets, I guess we can talk OKC and Houston, that series, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish it off with talking um, Luka and the Clippers. Uh, but I mean, what what are you seeing from um, from from this series? And so the Rockets started off strong, uh, you know, went up two zero, and they they gave away game three in overtime, and they gave away game four as well. Um, what are you seeing? You know, and did you you said you thought the game was going to be a uh, a sweep after it started, and now here we are two two. So what are you seeing? What adjustments are being made by OKC? What is Houston not doing, and why are they not able to close out the series? Mm, they're missing shots. They're having these stretches where they're unbelievably hot, and then they get those stretches where they just start missing shots and not playing defense. And that's what they did in Game Four. It's it's that simple. Harden is missing shots. I don't think anything has changed. And and Dennis Schroeder has got his legs under him. I think the first couple games his legs weren't on him because he got to the bubble late. But he's he he looks like he's he's in game. He's in season mode now. Uh, Shea has had two good games back to back. I I just need the Rockets. It's just but this is the same thing with the Rockets. It's either they make shots, or they miss shots. Like because like Ruben said, Mike D'Antoni doesn't make any in game adjustments, so you're not gonna nothing's gonna change. It's gonna either either we're hitting shots, or either we're making our threes, or we're missing our threes. This 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 is the same story with the Rockets. And I thought I would I just figured they would continue to make shots because I didn't think OKC would pick up their defense. But OKC has played better defense around the others, and I just think Harden has just been missing shots because I don't think you can guard him. I just think he's just been missing shots. That's it. So you don't think Lou Dort defense has anything? I to do am with? so sick of seeing that shit. I am I am not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Oh, easy, easy! Oh my God, Dort! It's not, it has nothing to do with Dort. He's not doing anything, bro. Every uh, shot Harden shoots is contested, so we're not gonna do this. Like he, he's just he's missing a, shot. He's a more physical, physical. And, and there's one thing Lou Dort is doing that 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 a lot of other people don't do. He's not guarding Harden with his hands. He's 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 not letting Harden. I give him hands. that. He's not he's not he's not following him. I give him that, but. As for Harden missing these shots, it has nothing to do with him, fam. He's just missing these shots. Bro. It's the, he shoots the same shots. Interesting. I just wanted to not be the only one to hear that um, because I talked about how Lou Dort was doing a phenomenal job on Harden last week, how he did a good job on him during the regular season. Harden stuff. I'm yes, sorry. It, 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 probably the better term is he gives better effort than most. Is that there? Is, you go. Does that help? That's exactly what he does. He get because he actually nobody stops Harden. He is missing shots, but and I'll put two and two together. That's why I don't care for that Tony and his style of play, especially for Harden because 
he does so much, fatigue becomes a set in. And yeah. so many step backs. And the further you step back, the more you have to, sh- to push to shoot. So, And then you get into uh, the nine in-game situations where you switch everything. And so when Harden has to give up the ball, no one else is in rhythm. And Tucker starts to miss those corner shots. And that's what happens every year. And so for D'Antoni to think that he can outscore everybody when he doesn't have that type of team, he doesn't have the Warriors when he has two of the greatest shooters to ever touch the ball. You see what I'm saying? To continue. But that offense also helps Steph and Clay because it's a motion offense and they just catch and shoot. They don't have to dribble all day and then shoot. And so that's what takes away from it. I think also we have to give OKC credit because those young boys have now got the uh the wind beneath their wings and they're feeling themselves. They have confidence now and they know they can compete. And Chris Paul is starting to hit his shots late game and being the person that he is. So at the end of the day, the Rockets can still lose this if they don't get their act together. But that's all up to D'Antoni and how he chooses to get his guys to rally and do what they need to do. Yeah, also I think one of the most uh, – one of the main factors that you missed out on uh, is that they are going to need Russell Westbrook to come back. Uh, as I said before – uh, it's really only two teams in the whole playoffs that uh, that I'm worried about for the Rockets, that being the OKC Thunder and uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, and one more thing. It was a couple of late game situations where they didn't get a rebound, probably because nobody tall was on their team. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've also publicly stated uh, numerous times uh, on the pod and on social media to get the Rockets a a big man, if not for, you know, 30 minutes, at least for 20 minutes. Uh, did advocate for DeMarcus Cousins for a while, still am, but. Yeah, Anderson. It's neither I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of D.C. Anyways, uh, <laughs> OKC's been playing phenomenal defense, and they, they are, they, they were one of the teams, one of the two teams that scared me. But we must move on. I do have the Rockets in seven if Westbrook does not come back by game six. Uh, let us – we've got about 15 more minutes before we're, we've got gotten to an hour. So let's briefly discuss uh, Luka, the Clippers, and the Marcus Morris situation. Um, my main question of Luka is, is his performance putting him in the top ten conversation – and if you do feel he's in the top ten conversation, is it too soon to see to say that he's in the top five conversation? Um, not to say that I believe he is a top five player, but I have seen around social media and other uh, sports um, media outlets that Luca is becoming top five. I will say this: the Clippers are making a man out of Luca, and the playoffs are where you make your marks. Uh, your mark. Uh, whoever wants to go first, um, E, I see the face you're making. You seem a little <laughs> so I will give you the opportunity to speak first. Again, I didn't say Luca was a top five player. He's damn sure he's he's really good. He's really really good. Might be a top five point guard, but I'm not giving him top five player. Go ahead, E. Yeah, whoever. Okay. Um, you want me go, E? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Nah, you know what? I I I'ma say this. I'ma say he playing like a top three player right now. 
And oh that's, wow! That's and that's what he he don't even have everything. Sit down, sit down, E. Where are you going? That everybody have. Luca, Luca just. I mean, he's an extremely skillful player. Um, he's making the Clippers look ridiculously goofy. Um, uh, they're they're known for great defense. We haven't seen it. A great effort, should we call it, on defense. We haven't seen it. Uh, they are toughening him up, but I don't think they're toughening him up. I think they're just releasing the demon in him. He just a, a he. I think he's just a fun guy, so he just doesn't play tough. But they're bringing it out of him. But you know, it's still early in this game. But he got all around game, inside, outside, post game, passing, court vision. Uh, his defense need he needs more effort. But hey, don't we all? So. I, I like Luca. I'm a big fan of Luca. As far as the series goes, uh, without KP, I think they in trouble. Um, unless Tim Hardaway finds something, some Kobe ish in them. But uh, Clippers in say, six. Can I just say this real quick? Yeah. Uh, and I, I we talked about it on our last episode. But if Kristaps does not get ejected in that game one, do the Clippers win that game? It's three one Dallas. Interesting. Rue? In my book. If you don't uh, get ejected. You want me to go off on this on the Luca thing or just quick little Both. answer? You can go ahead. Go ahead. Uh yeah, I think I think the I think the with that uh I think that would have been the first punch in the mouth, but I think it would have went the opposite. I think they would have won game one and then the Clippers would have had to bounce back quicker and then won game two, three, um, two, three and possibly four. Um uh, the one thing with Luca, yeah, he's. Uh, I was, I was kind of big on him. Uh, I love t- big guards. Um, if you can handle the ball and you're a big guard, I think you have a place in here. The one thing I have a problem with Luca is that is is the he does it all. The he does it all narrative, uh, and, I, and I only have a problem with it because I mean, against the Clippers right now, he's shooting twenty seven point three percent from the uh, from three. And about forty-two percent from uh forty-two and a half percent from the field. He's averaging close to a triple double. My and this is and maybe this is a little biased, but the uh, the narrative of him doing it all but not winning is kind of you know what people bash Russ for. So if it's a if we're gonna judge if we're gonna judge each player based on the same narrative, then no, he's nowhere near. Because I mean, apparently Russ isn't a top five or top ten player right now, and so I think it's the same thing with Luca. He's you know he's definitely had his moments. I mean, that hit a game winner three um, in the playoffs, you know, and and that's that's a big shot, whatever. But uh, I mean, you know, came back the next game. And granted, he is hurt. He is hurt. But a lot but of but listen star to my word is to, to be fair. I said he's playing like one, but he's really not playing like one. He's, I mean, he's 20, 29, 7 and 7 isn't really, you know. And talk about the turnovers, too. And yeah, five turnovers a game like but that. He's the main ball control. Like, LeBron so, has a whole bunch of turnovers. They don't bash him about it. That's they true. Let him do that everything. It's very, very Come true. Come on, man. He's the main ball handler. You're going to have turnovers. Okay. We well, bash okay. Westbrook because he can't shoot. He's a way well, better shooter than Westbrook. But, but that nah, I mean he's shooting twenty seven percent from three. That's what I'm saying though. Is Russ if Russ were to put up these type of numbers and they and they you know and they would they were down, 
Russ would be getting. That's what I'm saying. Is is Lucas overall he, those numbers look bad? But game controlling situations and rallying his troops and making game time shots and hitting game time winners and not look man that man is that man's playing lights out. You got to put respect on the man Nate when he playing lights out. He playing lights out. You got to give it to him. I, I, he put I the mean, he put he put the Clippers on their back. We talking about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. He putting the Clippers I, on their back. It shouldn't be two two. Without KP, it shouldn't. They should be running through them like diarrhea, and they're not because that boy's <laughs> performing. No, he. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely had his. Like I said, he's had his moments. I just, in in order to throw him in there, you have to judge every player fairly the way you do. And twenty nine seven and seven well, on bias because Westbrook's your favorite player. Nah, I, I mean, I do the same thing with Dame. Dame, Dame doesn't, you know, Dame doesn't perform. Then I'm not going to throw him up there. But when, when you do perform, like last year, Dame performed at a very high level uh, and hit big shots and all that stuff. But he did it at an effective and efficient level. I just don't think – I think that's the problem right now. And granted, they don't have a lot of options outside of, of, of Luka right now because, you know, they aren't that type of team. But if he was more efficient, I think they would be up in the series is what I'm trying to get to. And that's always been a Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, like if whenever LeBron James, if those guys are more efficient with their scoring, you know, they, they probably win more. And I just don't think he's been efficient enough for them to, to, to push over that hump against, against a, a gritty scrappy little Clippers team, which I'm not, I'm not afraid of at all moving forward for anybody. Mm, interesting. E take us home and then we got to go. Oh my gosh! Oh, in about five minutes. Wait, Ruben, do you think Westbrook's a top five player? You want bias or regular? <laughs> Wait, t- he top bias. two, top top two, not two, baby. Oh wow! Oh, 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 oh wow! I mean, there's only one other per- only one other person that kind of plays similar enough, but he don't have that dog mentality. That's LeBron. <laughs> no, nah, I'll just play. Uh, no, I, I still, I still think he's definitely. Nah, a you weren't playing with that one. E, go yeah, ahead, five bro. minutes, bro. <laughs> Had to throw that jab. Nah, that's another story, but that's another. We we gotta get you on for for another day on that one. We got five minutes, man. Speak your peace, brother. Um. <laughs> um. The Clippers as a whole, I've just been asking. I just been wanting them to go. I just wanted to see them guard, because I've been told <laughs> got the two greatest defenders of all time. They they hadn't been guarding anything. In game five, they finally decided to play defense. So shout out to them. But uh, Luca, <sighs> he does do it all. Unfortunately, I I'm not a big Luca guy, but he does do it all. The offense runs through him. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good free throw shooter. He's but he's not a good free throw. I mean, he's all they he's all they got right now. Like, no KP. I mean, Seth Curry and Trey Burke are playing at an extremely high level that so I no. do not think they can maintain. And part of them playing that level is because the Clippers have not been guarding them. So they've been able to play free. But once you focus in on them and, okay, we're not going to let you do what you've been doing, they're going to go back to being Trey Burke and Seth Curry. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's 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 who he is. I'm I'm good on him. Um, they just don't have they don't have enough. If KP don't come back, the series is a wrap. And if he comes back, they might be able to push it to seven. 
But I, I didn't feel like they had an answer for that pick and roll with him and KP in that game. Right? Like they didn't find it at all. Yeah, and even that, when he came back, they still look pretty suspect on that pick and roll between. That's because they're they're boneheaded and want to do this. We can switch everything bullshit, and I, I just want to see the the greatest defender of all time. I want to see him just play run man defense. That's all I want. I want to see Kawhi <laughs> run through a screen. Please play defense. Please, can you do that. That's why y'all were telling me he was the greatest thing. Since I mean, Kevin Durant. I, I, okay, so I'll say this, and then we got to go. Um, I think part of the reason why um, they're doing some of the things they're doing is because with Patrick Beverly in that starting lineup, they do have five quality or at least four quality defenders um, where they can switch everything. So it doesn't really matter who you know runs through the screen. I'll take you back to that play where Reggie Jackson got switched on twice, once on the foul to give and once on the buzzer beater shot. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's that's a targeting situation at that, that point. You're targeting my, Reggie that's Jackson. That's my point. Run through the screen. Right, but You're, they're mean, not trying to run through screens. They're they switch. That's by design. We're gonna switch everything, and it's it's proven they all can't do that because Luca been frying everybody. So it's not everybody. we can't do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> PG Kawhi, you go there, you run through the damn screens. It's simple. My okay, so I'll go I'll go round robin. Last question is Luca top ten? E. Like number ten, yeah. Is Luca top? Okay, so he's not top five for you. Uh, uh, hey, don't ask me that. No, that day. Hey, no, don't ask me that. Marcus Morris stepping on Luca's ankle, intentional, unintentional. Yes. I guess it was. On I didn't really. I didn't really like see it. Like I just kept here. Like I didn't see. Because I turned from the projects, it was on purpose. I, I didn't see. It. I didn't see it. But Ruth, I, I keep hearing about it. He knew it. He knew what the hell he was doing. David, top ten or yep. top five? Luca, top ten, not top five. Rube, top ten or top five? I give him top ten. <laughs> I, I, I have to I have to put him in top ten as well. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate y'all, man, once again for coming through, rolling through the show. Um, you're welcome. Uh, Anytime. Talk about you just gonna breeze through my Lakers because I told you last time when we came here the series. Hey, fellas, we appreciate series. y'all coming through. <laughs> it's gonna be over with. We appreciate y'all coming through, <laughs> man. <laughs> Um, that's enough. We, we, Wait, one more, thing, one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Serious note. I just want to say I really appreciate uh, Cam and E for y'all uh, speaking on the social justice and things other than basketball. Um, us, especially as young black men, but all people need to have outlets where we can speak on these type things. And I think y'all are doing an awesome job again. And I felt a little bit uh, lighter after the conversation. So thank y'all. And keep doing Thanks. No, nah, no worries, man. Um, we're gonna get y'all easy on the lies and the DFS hot take, but we gotta get these guys out of here. Once again, fellas, we appreciate your time and thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all boys be good. Appreciate y'all having me. No worries, Hello. man. No worries. Peace, love, and prosperity, all that good stuff. Already. Uh yes, yeah, that time. He's on the lies. No, no, no. Wait, I'm going to need you to run that back, bro, because you went from optimism the whole show to back to this, DJ Smooth with yeah, the late night jams. No, because this. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> I had a situation to. Ah, oh, I don't want to do this to this young man. Mm-mm. Um. 
Okay, I'm not gonna do this. No, you started um, it. Go ahead and do it because I want to know. I'm not gonna do this. Um, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> there's no reason, or I don't understand why people lie about things that can be fact checked. I just, I just do not understand. I, I, I do not get it. For you to tell a whole full blown story. And all we have to do is go on our phone to check to see if you're telling the truth or not. I just don't get it. And for you to sit there in our faces and actually, like, believe the shit that you're telling us. And you want us to sit there and believe the nonsense that you're saying. We got a lot of kick it, bro. Like, it is, it is sickening how some people just lie with ease and then they just, like, it's, uh, I, I don't want to describe the story because I don't want to do this to this young man. But it's just, it's just really, I, I do not understand it. And it happens a lot. Like, we, we, like, hey, bro, you know if you say you're going to a school, we can just go look up the roster. Like, it's, 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 it's so simple. The depth chart and all. Like, you, I hoop overseas. It's, 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 we have cellular devices, bro. We can just go look it up. In 2020. Just to find out that you're not there. So what was the purpose? Like, what, what did you think? Did you think we was like Stupid. what? Like we was gonna see you in a different light because you say you go here? No, bro, that it does nothing. We don't care. At the end of the day, we don't care for you to tell this story, this fabricated lie. You're living a lie, and it's bad because you're gonna start with I hope here, and then you're gonna just start lying to everybody. Your whole life finna be a lie, and it's unnecessary. It is sad and unnecessary. Too many of these young kids. I'm I'm going here to hoop. I'm 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 going here to play football. Just to go look up you you dudes is is gonna be at LA. You're gonna be at Lifetime with us. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We all can't be professional athletes. It's cool, bruh. It is cool. I promise you it's cool. But this this fabrication of this we we lying when it could be easily fact checked. I I do not for the life of me understand. Like this dude told us a whole story today. Just for us to get on our phone and look up the roster and not see his name. It is like, huh? And then we, oh, why are you not there now? My school's not open. Fam, what? What do you, we can look that up too, fool. And on top of that, I know someone who plays it. I just don't understand why we, 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 we we can fact check, fellas. So, you out here, this goes for you young kids, you, older people, you lie to. You dudes lie to. I used to, who I, back in my day, I did. Yeah, y'all living a fantasy. Y'all are living a lie. Your life is a lie. And not just any old type of lie. It was, I was first team all. For what? What are we, what are we doing? Your, your, your life is a lie. I'm telling you. You, you you're developing bad habits now. You lying about the simple stuff. You are gonna start lying. You gonna start lying about some other stuff. That's called a pathological liar. And it's gonna it's, you gonna get look you're gonna get hurt. You know what you sound like right now. You just sound like Charlemagne the God, and this sound like the donkey of the day. I'm just saying. I just I just don't understand why people lie about stuff that can be factual. Oh, why people lie in general is beyond me. Cause I, I I mean I lie, but I don't lie like I, it'd be like little white lies. I, it'd be people who will sit there and full tell me full stories and believe it, and I I just nod my head like yeah, bro, I'll go do your thing, fam. Get on my phone just to not see it, and it's just 
Jesus Christ. And EP Trey and Keenan know exactly what I'm talking about. And he relaxed, bro. The roster not updated yet. That's cool. Because of the pandemic, everything coming in slow. It's still not gonna be there. Picture just not showing. Crazy. For the young man, if he happens to listen to this, fam. You ain't got a lot of kids. You gotta do better, fam. You ain't got a lot of kids. You gotta do better. Because I know you in real life. You got to do better, fam. I, I, I ain't put your name out there because I ain't want you to, but you just gotta, you gotta do better, fam. I don't know who this gentleman is, but let's give him the biggest hee haw of the day. I'm, just, I'm sorry, bro. Hee haw! <laughs> I just don't get it. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, easy on the last take, man. Um, you ain't got a lot of kicking, bro. Y'all all know people like that, too. Every, everybody knows somebody like that. It's but. sick. It's your favorite uh, favorite segment of the hour. That would be the DFS hot take. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, uh, NBA DFS has been shit-tastic. <laughs> there have been no net wins for me. <laughs> there have been... Actually, I lied. I won that first day. It's been terrible ever since. I won the last day. I won the day before the last day. I have not had any type of positive anything, so I am sitting here every day trying to refine my process. So we're not going to talk about NBA DFS today because we don't even know if there's going to be an NBA DFS tomorrow. So with that being said, we're going to go on ahead and talk to you about America's sport, and that is NFL, the National Football League. And while we're on the subject, I know we didn't uh, we didn't even really mention this, but on the on the day that all of this is going on with protesting and, and boycotting and shutting down and history is being made, this is four days after uh Colin Kaepernick first took a knee for equality and social injustice issues. I had to bring that up to throw that little cookie in there. But today on the on this segment of the pod, we're going to talk about correlation and stacking, game stacking in particular. Correlation and game stacking are extremely important in NFL DFS because you want to accrue as many fantasy points as possible as you do in any sport. Well, fortunately, in football, you can correlate your lineup. If a wide receiver is catching a touchdown, it came probably from the quarterback. Your wide receiver will accrue fantasy points for catching the ball, getting yards, and scoring the touchdown. Your quarterback will accrue fantasy points from throwing the ball, getting those yards, and throwing a touchdown. You want to get as many points, so you have to correlate, hmm, quarterback to wide receiver, points plus points, essentially you double dip. If your running back is a passing back, like, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey, who runs the ball and catches passes out of the backfield, you probably want to get your quarterback in a stack with that running back. What I mean by stack is you want to put as many players from one game that correlate well together, i.e. the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, but not any running back, as I said before, passing backs, because if you're just a simple running running back, if you're just a simple runner, all you're going to do is uh, get points from, from rushing yards and touchdowns. If you're not catching passes out of the backfield, you're not getting points for the catch. You're not getting points for the passing uh, or for the receiving yards. 
and you don't get points for handoffs in fantasy football. So you have to you have to stack the game. You look for the over under, the games with the highest over unders, and you tend to stack those games. And then you run it back with somebody from the other team because if the game is scoring a lot of points back and forth in a shootout, that means the opposition is getting touchdowns as well. So typically on FanDuel, what you do is you run a four-man game stack, which consists of a quarterback, the, the running back, and a receiver or a tight end, or, you know, whatever the combination may be. Maybe you want to run, you know, QB, wide receiver, wide receiver, and I don't know, maybe you want to run it back with the other team's running back because, I don't know, the running back is milking the clock and the other team is playing catch-up, so they got to throw the ball a lot more because they're down points. You know, it's correlation. There's correlation between, you know, different things. Like in, in basketball, and we've said this before, you know, there's not much correlation, but there is correlation in basketball. Uh, you know, if James Harden throws Eric Gordon a pass and Eric Gordon knocks down the, you know, the three ball, that's three points for Eric Gordon, and that's an assist for James Harden. You know, not a whole lot of correlation, but, you know, there is some. There's correlation in basketball in the sense that, you know, your six man might close the game over your, uh, you know, one of your starting five players. So you don't want your starting five player and your six man in the same lineup most of the time because, you know, they might not close the game. They're, you know, the, the starter is only going to get that ceremonial start. So you got to look for things like that. Um, looking into... Uh, opening football season, if you bear with me, because I don't have it up in front of me, because I'm not prepared, as I should be. Uh, let me go into the lobby and see what the matchups look like. That way, I, you know, maybe I can give a better example. I don't know what that is or why that opened up, but NFL. And I won't touch up on this too much longer. NFL. Uh, uh, and, uh, the opening Sunday, uh, kickoff is a million dollars to first place. It is only $4 to enter. I, uh, advocate for as many people that can afford to get into that, to do so, um, million dollars to first each and every Sunday that is on FanDuel on DraftKings. The million dollar to first is a $10 entry fee. Uh, looking at the teams, I'm looking at a game that I would consider to stack, uh, Tampa Bay at New Orleans, two teams that play fast and don't play a whole lot of defense. So if I'm starting a lineup, I'm starting my lineup with either Tom Brady or Drew Brees. And let's say I go with Drew Brees. Then I want my running back to probably be Alvin Kamara. Why? Because Alvin Kamara, all he does is catch passes and he he do, well I'm not going to say that's all he does but he does it all. He he catches passes out of the backfield and he runs the ball a lot. So then I want to go ahead and go to receiver and I want to go ahead and add Michael Thomas to that uh to that lineup. On FanDuel you have to fill out uh a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end and a flex position and a defense position. A flex position can be either another wide receiver, another tight end or another um or another running back. Um, on FanDuel, typically you want to run it. You want your flex position to be running back because they have the safest floor. And what, what I mean by that is, um, you know, they're always going to run the ball. So, um, you know, they're, they're just the safest play. Um, the ceiling can, can be high, but the floor is relatively safe. So, uh, that's my best way of explaining that. Sorry if you can't understand it. 
Um, but yeah, so looking at this lineup, we have Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and uh, Drew Brees. We would run it. We would want to run it back with somebody from the Tampa Bay side of the ball. That would be either a Chris Godwin, a Mike Evans, uh, a Rob Gronkowski, who is now on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or somebody from that team, because we we figure that you know a lot of points are going to be scored in that game. And seeing how everybody on this team is priced all the way the hell up, it's going to be difficult to do that, and you're probably going to have to find some value somewhere um, in the other games. But yeah, that's just my quick little tutorial. Um, and brief breakdown of the NFL Sunday slate for week one. Um, this has been a powerful show. As we uh, said, it would be at the beginning. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, well, I, I did. I can't really speak for E. Um, but, yeah, uh, I want to thank those guys again, <clears throat> David and uh, Rube, for coming on the show. Uh, as you heard Rube say, you know, he has his own podcast, Rube's Rants. So, um, you know, if you want to take a listen to that, uh, I believe he said it was available on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, and uh, Anchor, same as our platforms. And, um, yeah, E, anything you want to say to close us out? Nah, man. I think we got it all out today. Yeah, good show, good two-hour show, two-and-a-half-hour show, but it was well worth it. Um, if anyone wants to come on to the show, be a guest, let me know, hit me up, hit E up. Uh, we'll see what we can do about getting, getting you on here. Um, we appreciate all the love and support. I think we're 16 episodes in and we're going to keep it going. We're not going to stop. So, uh, help us continue to grow this platform. Help us continue to, to make it bigger and better. Tell us what we can do to be better. Um, you know, subscribe, like, retweet, favorite, shout us out, all of that. Um, peace, love, and prosperity. This has been your boy, K-Chef Killer Cam. Hey, boy, easy, man. And this has been the Midnight Hype. Y'all have a good night. Oh, and stay safe out in that, uh, out in that storm for you Houstonians. And happy belated birthday to the greatest of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant.